Today's film centers around the uh, entertainment known as radio. The entertainment. <laughs> Let's take two. I like that. That's such a unique entrance. <laughs> entrance? Intro? intro? We are all way off. Words are... <laughs> man, this goes right into what we're going to talk about today. Today's movie deals with radio, and that's how the, the scares are really delivered. So if we were to update this into a more modernized medium, how would you redo this movie? Singing Telegram. Done. That seems like going backwards. <laughs> Last time you saw Singing Telegram. Clue. Like, the movie yeah. Clue. The classics never die, you guys. <laughs> well, right. So it'd have to be something like a YouTube or a Twitch streamer or something right. like that. Maybe a podcast. Ooh. Right? Anything with an audio element to it. It would have to have an audio element to yeah. it. Yeah. I think like uh, one interesting take could be like some sort of group FaceTime conversation or like, or maybe just a one-on-one FaceTime where one person's out in the field and then you just have that small FaceTime window mm-hmm. and then one person could be in the house as like the straight person, basically what's happening, tell me what's happening. And then, you know, husband, wife, kid, whatever is coming back via FaceTime. That might be another way to do something similar. But is that reaching enough people? Because I feel like that's kind of the mm. crux of this. It's, okay, like it's yeah. got to be a mass true uh, communication platform. Okay, fair point. That's true. Um, what you're describing sounds like that dark net movie that came out Darknet. where they were all like FaceTiming oh, yeah. each other. Oh, that was Didn't like you go unfriended. See that? No, unfriended. I did not. Okay, um, but yes, that is similar in that it was like a group Skype thing. I was thinking more like that meets Cloverfield where someone's out in the world. Oh, fuck shaky cam though. Yeah. I'm envisioning something where it's like a YouTube blogger, and but you're getting he's getting all the information from his comment section. You, so there's oh. going to be a lot of trash in there mixed with the actual message of what's going yeah. on. Yeah, or like events. a Twitch streamer in their chat. Yeah. Also, I don't think the words YouTube blogger have ever been put <laughs> together before. That was very Hi, good. kids. I know what I'm talking about. I'm not old at all. I think YouTuber is their preferred Funny. nomenclature. Um, influencer. Thank <laughs> you very much. There it is. Um, yeah, I think like a Twitch stream. Hold on, guys. Check that. You see that? That's my finger on the pulse of the community. Oh, shit. <laughs> we'll come to you for any updated uh, terminology. Internet any lingo. lingo. What up, dog? <laughs> How y'all been? <laughs> yeah, I think uh, a podcast, a weekly podcast form, you're not going to get that information fast enough. Because right. this was like the movie happens. You're getting the events unfold as this broadcast is taking place. So it's got to be a live type Would it service, have been right? very different if it were, let's say, the local news? And it's a someone's calling into the local news, but now you have your anchors. Would that have changed the feel of this movie considerably if it were moved into a news station? I'm going to say yes and no, because whenever you're watching a, a news broadcast, you expect to have B-roll and footage showing you what's happening. And I think the power of this film really comes from its ability yeah. to describe. So yes, I still think you would lose a lot. But they do those call-in people where there is no B-roll. Like, oh, we have... True. I suppose you could you, do that live on the air, and yeah. then it's all up to the to the anchor sitting yeah. at the desk, really watching his reactions to it. It could be like a, even the team, you know, there's always a guy-girl anchor team on local news. Yeah. So now you got I that. I think there's room. I think there's yeah. room to make it work. I think that would be an, a different take, because then you'd also be dealing with the fact that they're in front of cameras, and how does, you know, uh, in this movie, the person didn't really It'd have to control much, their face, right? They were just, they, they could be emotional, whereas here, they're going to want to try to tighten up, I don't know, something. It'd be a much larger crew also. Yes. So thinking about if we Hollywoodize this movie, yeah. you want more people involved to get like knocked off and killed. Right, right like so. a camera person and so on. Producers. <laughs> we can go real second level, gaffers, hair, makeup. I mean, the whole... <laughs> you know what we, 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 they could do? They could make a podcast where they talk about this movie. Oh, wait, that's what we're going to do. Let's do that then. 
Hey, creatures. From where? Mark here. <laughs> From where? Cybering space? No, not cybering space. Right? <laughs> I think that's a very different thing. <laughs> Mark, me, how old are you? Again. <laughs> I'm not that old. Cyber creatures from outer space. Is you that right? are old enough that you were around when people use the word cyber unironically. We were all going to be in cyberspace. ASL. In, uh, cyber cafes. Ew. I yeah. hate that time period. ASL. Age, sex, location. Yeah, that was very Don't you remember common that? chat. No. From AOL? No. When you were in a chat room and you wanted to talk to people, you'd put ASL so you know the person you're trying to hit on in cyber fuck or whatever they yeah. called it. Cyber sex. Cyber sex. Cyber you would fuck. get their age where they're at, and what gender they are. Or at least whatever lie they're going to tell you. ASL. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Garrett, you're older than me. How do you not remember this? This was internet I guess I wasn't deep into like trying to bang random people on the uh, internet. That was oh, internet no. till like... I was nine. We didn't do that either. No. It was just fun to do. Fuck that, around with yeah. people in the chat rooms. That went on hmm. for a long time. Mid-2000s, I bet, is when ASL dropped off. But I think what you're looking for is... Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Uh, there it is. Uh, My name is Mark. Again, joined with Garrett and John. Fellas, how are we doing today? Sun shining. It's a nice day, actually. Yeah, it's pretty above pretty ground. Cool. Getting into the fall time period. Not fast enough. It's yeah. a great day to be outside, which we are not. <laughs> I can see outside from where I'm at. It's beautiful from yeah. where we are. Blue, green, all the colors. <laughs> <laughs> Any colors associated with outside, they're there. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you some examples. What have you guys been up to since last time? Um, I have not done very much. I've been a bad horror podcaster. I have not trolled Amazon. I know y'all are going to be disappointed about that. But, so um, sad. I know. I instead am watching Neon Genesis uh, on Netflix. Yvonne Gellion. Evangelion. Evangelion. Yeah. Whatever. On Netflix. So uh, not very horrible. Uh, Mr. Evan. Evangelion is my <laughs> name. Hello. Yvonne. Yeah. So good, what, do you good think the, what do you think of the new dub? I only saw it once before when I was in college. So it's been like 15 years because I'm old. Oh, okay. uh, so it may as well be the dub for me. Okay. Yeah, I've been watching it in Japanese and then just reading the subtitles anyway. Okay, you've been doing so, subs. Yeah. Okay, preferred method in my opinion. Yeah, it for, also forces me to actually watch it because I have to read, you know, instead of just having it on and fucking leaving the room. Well, they changed some of the subtitles too. They want the more little bit more literal hmm. uh, translation and stuff. It's actually pretty decent. Yeah, I'm in episode five, six now, enjoying it. Well, good deal. Since we're talking about nerd stuff. Um, really excited that Doom 64 was announced for the Switch. That hasn't come off of the 64 system ever. So this is the first re-release, and I'm nice. excited to get into that that doesn't require me to bust out that really annoying N64 controller. Yeah, fuck that, that controller, thing. dude. So conventional control schemes and <laughs> save systems, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I also gotten back into the Dead Space universe. I'm playing a title that I never played in the past called Dead Space Extraction. It was a light gun Wii exclusive on rails. Did Garrett, did you ever play that one? No. <laughs> well, it's good. And it's very, I'm very getting almost nostalgic for the Dead Space universe. I didn't realize how much I liked it. I liked Dead Space. I only yeah. ever played the first one, I think, but I enjoyed the fuck out of it. First two are really solid. I definitely recommend those two. This third one went a little more action heavy than horror centric. Mm -hmm. It's okay, though. It's okay. So if you haven't played any of those games, highly recommended from me. There's also one that's coming out called Negative Atmosphere. It looks like a group and a, a company is trying to take up where Dead Space is left off. If you're not familiar, that's an EA property. It didn't meet its numbers. So it's like every other EA property. If it doesn't meet a certain threshold right. that the uh, investors, they just cancel it. You never Billion see dollars. So we'll probably never see another one, unfortunately. But these guys making a uh, negative atmosphere uh, seem like they're trying to take up the um, mantle on that, make a space horror game. I love space horror. I do, There's too. There's not enough of it. Leprechaun 4. 
Oh, God. Will you stop going to that? <laughs> That's not the tentpole space horror the, movie. I'll be so happy when that well dries up. <laughs> it's the space horror movie, okay? Did we mention already that they're working on an Event Horizon TV show? I don't on think Amazon? so. On Amazon? Okay. I, oh, yeah, we did, because I said they did well with the boys, so at least in the yeah. gore category, the that I trust that they will give a appropriately gory Event Horizon. Hopefully so. Anyways, more space horror, please. Thank you. Garrett? Please yeah. and thank you. Please and thank you. Sorry. There you go. <laughs> That's some goddamn manners, Mark. I'll try. I'll try better next time. Um, I really just haven't been doing much other than working on some art. You know, I uh, got a new washer and dryer. That was Ooh, exciting. That does sound like horror. Not having clean clothes can be pretty scary. <laughs> but no, going to the laundromat, that was fun. Took me back to a, a simpler time. Yeah. When quarters were a must. <laughs> Although you can now use a card. What? Yeah. Welcome oh. to the future. We're here. Dude. Fellas, soak it in. <laughs> But today we're talking about an indie horror film that is largely unknown that I would assume to anybody. Yeah. A little Canadian film called Pawnee Pool from 2008. Now, that title does not scream anything at me. <laughs> I only watched this because it was recommended to me by a mutual friend me and Garrett have. Um, his uncle's a gaffer and he did all kinds of work starting with 1978 Halloween. Wow. He did Rocketeer. He's done the Godzilla movies, that awful Power Rangers film that came out. He's been working steadily for 37, 40-something years at this point. So um, He should be a guest on our podcast. I know. Maybe we could. I'll ask him. I we'll thought this movie was called Pony Pool at first, and I was like, if this is a fucking horse pool party, I'm going to be so happy. <laughs> I think a horse pool party sounds pretty good. Yeah. I'd watch that. Well, Grave Talk Podcast, secretly bronies. Bring your own oats, though. <laughs> We're not sharing oats here. Uh, Pony Pool is the name of the town this, this horror film is set in. Uh, this one was directed by Bruce McDonald. This one stars Stephen McHattie as Grant Maisie, Lisa Howell as Sidney Breyer, Georgina Riley as Laurie Ann Drummond, and Grant Alanek as Dr. Mendez. So starring nobody. <laughs> this is a very low budget film. Yeah, which I'm surprised that a lot of these people, well, at least the main guy, didn't do, hasn't been in more things. I thought he was awesome, and he's got such a fucking radio voice. Oh, Everyone, no, dude, everyone did fine. Everyone did a great job acting in this movie. Uh, if you go look up Stephen McHattie on mm -hmm. IMDb, he's got like 197 credits. Oh, good. I'm glad the he's getting work. acting like crazy. He's yeah. been on a lot of things. He does a lot of TV. Uh, okay. Um, but there's, he's got a ton of credits. Well, good um, for him. Also, the director's been doing more TV stuff to, as well. So he's he's kept you active since this came good. out. Good. Uh, I have a back of a DVD here. I'm not going to read it. <gasps> I'm not going to read it till the end of the episode. Now, I know this is unprecedented. I can't handle this, Mark. I don't want to change. But the back of the box completely spoils this movie. And I'm not going to read it. You know we do a podcast with John, right? There's no way we're getting like five minutes in this thing without him telling us what happened. Uh, John, will you hold I'm your gonna, hand in the air and uh, swear not to spoil look, it until we say it's time to spoil I swear on the next five minutes of this podcast. <laughs> There's my dude. There he is. <laughs> I will do my best, uh, absolutely, because I do think the twist is important. This is one of those movies that it relies heavily on the mystery of what's going on to get you through to the end, I think. And if you, ha if you know up front what's happening, it's... It takes a lot away from it. So what? instead of what I'm going to do is I'm going to read you the IMDb description. I'm going to give all our listeners a hint. If you played Metal Gear Solid 5, strap in. Ooh, I didn't, and this I was before know. that. So this yeah. is not that. Not a hint for me, but I will tell you this. Here's another hint. If you've seen Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> <laughs> IMDb says... A radio host interprets the possible outbreak of a deadly virus which infects the small Ontario town he is stationed in. That's enough. Yeah, okay. okay. I dig it. I think that's I... enough to go on. Now, what did you guys think of Pawnee Pool? 
Uh, I really loved it. I honestly, except for what we will talk about later, I could not speak more highly of this movie. I give it a four out of five. My God. I also give it a four out of five. Yeah, which eight out of 10 for those who need that. But uh, God, I loved it. Loved everything about it, except for one thing. Okay. Garrett? Did not love this movie. Did not hate this movie either. I would say probably a 2.5 out of 5, a 5 out of 10. Whoa. Yeah. Um, there's a really cool concept in this film. Um, everyone does act their ass off. There's some people who are better than others in it. But overall, no, it's, it didn't do a lot for me. It's not a bad, I, w- I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say it's bad. I wouldn't tell anybody, oh, that's a piece of shit, don't watch it. I would just say, hey, there's other things you could do with an hour and a half of your time. <laughs> like watch this movie and then stop it and watch it again. Oh Actually, I wonder if it would hold up on second watching. I've seen it twice. How does it do? It's still good. Okay, good to know. Yeah. This movie does something that a lot of movies don't do these days, and uh, it relies heavily on the broadcasting and describing the horrors that your mind puts together itself. There's not a lot of gore. There's not a lot of action in this. In fact, most of it takes place surrounding a radio station and a DJ. The DJ's name is Grant Mazzy. He's a disgraced shock jock who's got a new job in a small town of Pontypool. Is he disgraced? Yes. Okay, I kind of got that vibe, but I couldn't tell for sure. Yeah, this is a step down for him. Uh, He's a a middle-aged, he's an aging uh, disc jockey who's now going to a smaller town who's having to... uh, really acclimate himself to this smaller role that he's used to. At the intro of the movie, he's actually arguing with his his agent. As he's rolling into town, he's talking to Rick. He's like, you know what, Rick, fuck you. Oh, and yeah. I quit, you know. So that's that's kind of, it's kind of leading in that he's struggling okay. with his agent. He's, he's like a Canadian Michael Madsen from Kill Bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's wearing a cowboy wearing, uh, cowboy hat wearing, just kind of an asshole. Got a real attitude yeah. on him. Uh, it's one of those guys that adopted a look and it was all like, everyone's like, uh, dude, what do you, he's like, I'm going to make it work. <laughs> he just never gave it up for 25 years. I'll admit the movie didn't grab me right at first. It wasn't until much later. At first I was like, all right. As cliche as it is, the, the slow boil at the beginning, it takes a little while. To yeah, it really sure. does. Um, there is a great moment though at the very beginning that does a fantastic loop around, which I didn't pick up until the very end of the film. And I was like, oh, that's clever. Like, that's really clever. The opening scene when he's in his car. Oh, with the lady who's like... Yeah, he sees a lady. He's he's arguing with um, his agent on the phone. And he sees a lady, like, come up to the window. And she, like, says something. He's like, I can't hear you. Rolls on the window. And he's like, are you okay? And then she makes some weird sound with her mouth. And then you hear his voice echoing from the darkness outside of his car. He's like, hello, are you there? And it's like, hello, are you there? And he's like, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Are you? And it's like this weird echo effect that's happening. And he rolls up his window and then drives the rest of the way to work. That's going to be a nice little bookend for what happens later on. So trying to think about like, because again, I think this film is unique and kind of how it's delivering its horror to mm-hmm. the audience. It's a completely oral experience for the most part. And you're watching the reaction of our shock jock. Yes. And his producer and their uh, person who's investigating and getting the information. She's on the phone a lot. Yeah. And there's like an intern or a new hire or something there as well. Right. She's back from the Iraq war yeah. or something like that. And she's still doing the yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, uh, you know, doing the all the, the lingo yeah. that they do in the military. I'd call her our red shirt, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a Aptly red shirt. named. If you want to know what this movie's like, think of like War of the Worlds, 
which is turning 81 years old this year. Yeah, October 30th. Uh, Are you making a cake? Yes, I am. Okay. Orson Welles, thank you. Happy birthday. Uh, War of the Worlds really affected people. Everybody knows this, I'm sure. But it freaked everybody out. It was a fake UFO landing story of them taking over. And it, and it uh, impacted everybody where they had to come out and say, no, this isn't real. Everybody calm down. So I kind of hearken this kind of storytelling to that. Are you familiar with any other type like radio serial or anything else that uh, was as effective as that? No, I think that's the most famous one by like a mile. I mean, I imagine when radio was in its prime, there's probably a million of them. But I've never actually listened to any radio shows, you know, like that. Well, after that shit happened, there was like a, a like, okay, no more dicking around on the radio type thing. Right. Like, we can't do this anymore. Like, we saw what happened. So I think since then, there's been a lot more guidelines and kind of, let's say, social responsibility. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. The only other type of medium that kind of plays into this type of storytelling that I can think of that is recent is a lot of people been talking about that podcast called Wolverine. I don't know that one. Where it's dead it's, of night. It's a storytelling podcast. It's free. You download it, and it's uh, it's a very descriptive. Yeah, I've heard. Of, I've listened to some of those. Not that one, but some other ones. Um, that's cool. I guess like probably te- text adventure games back in the eighties were very similar in the sense that you weren't getting any drawings. You were just reading. I don't know. I don't think you can get away with something that like this movie without it being on like a just a purely audio form. I don't think this movie works if it's not in the format it's in. Honestly. I guess like what would be interesting take is if they did redo this, keep it in the radio station and then just set it like in the eighties or the seventies or sometime where it's more believable, a different era, right? That a radio station would still in a small town would still exist, which bottoms were bell. The hair was big, <laughs> like in no way at all detracts from this movie. when you're watching it, you don't even think about it, but I mean, you could just place the time on this and totally still have it work. Yeah. You know? It's just like radio as a medium. Sad so, is dying. So this is based on a book called Pontypool Changes Everything, and that book came out in 1995. Okay. Does that affect your opinion on the way this is playing out? Yes. I think by, in the mid-90s, radio was still a thing. I think it was really in the later half of the 2000s where like the bottom just fell out on it. Um, so if you think, if did, did we ever get a timestamp on this film? Did it ever say 1994 or 95? Because she did say she came back from Iraq, and that makes sense was, in that I time I think it was frame. present day when it came out, yeah, which was I, like 2008. Yeah, <clears throat> I assume it, she meant this Iraq war, the not the one. 90s, yeah. I guess you could do it either way, right? Yeah, because I feel like, well, but here, I guess they don't ever tell you what year it is, but there's no cell phones. They had flip phones. They, uh, had, flip, they had some cell phones. Oh, right, because she's calling. Yeah, he's so at, he's got his be, flip phone. And, and then it'd have to be not yeah. 1990s because we didn't have those yet. Okay, It was early 2000s, I think. Yeah, I think this. it was set, like Garrett said, when it was released, 2008, in that era. Yeah. I think it was a couple years before this thing came out, came out. But yeah, so it would have been like 2006, 2007. So that would been about the time we had flip phones. Yeah. So what really made me realize this movie was effective in its storytelling is I was watching this with my wife, and then halfway through the movie, she said, I don't like this. I'm getting up and leaving. This is making me uncomfortable. And I looked at her and I said, do you know this movie has not shown a single gory thing to you? It's only been words. And you were being creeped out by a a movie that's just storytelling. And I was like, think about that. Do you know how often this happens this day and age? Like, not often. Yeah. Like, everything on Hollywood, everything in movies is all about bigger is better. Show the audience. You know what I mean? We're building this in our mind, and that's why I I think this movie is as good as it is. Well, this is why those No Sleep and Lore podcasts are so fucking popular right now. It's the same thing. It's all this, like, creepy storytelling. I think it's it's also a testament to how effective these actors and actresses are because they use their voice as such Some a tool. 
um, to get, you know, their emotions across. Like you couldn't just do this with anybody. I think it takes a certain kind of acting talent to convey what they're trying to convey without the physicality of being able to see someone's face and eyebrows, et cetera. I yeah. love his character, but Dr. Mendez, woof. He's been in other stuff. I've seen that. I've guy. seen that dude in other stuff too, but I was like, I was like, oh, this guy. Yeah. Like his acting was definitely like, I was like, okay, here's the indie part. <laughs> yeah. I get what you're saying, John. If this was done with a cast of Puppet Master, Axis of Termination, I would have turned it off right. within the first five minutes. I even wonder if like more mainstream actors could convey such a, a, a performance. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. I think voiceover, I think people think that. Brad Pitt could have nailed this shit. They find that voiceover work is much harder than you think it is because you don't have your your body language, right? They, what's it, like 80% or whatever? I want so. this movie recast with Stephen Wright from Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> K-Billy Super Sounds of the 70s brings you Pawnee Pool. Stephen There's Wright, people. also famous comedian, not only in that I know, movie. I know, but most people only know him from Reservoir Dogs, so no. not a lot of people if are If that's familiar. true, then you need to broaden your horizon. Absolutely, I agree. But like, I was trying to like do a radio reference. I get it. Thing. I get okay. it. Yeah, yeah. The joke landed, Mark. God dang! Until I Mark ca- pushed I, it over. I swept the leg of that joke. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to. Well, at this point, we'll go ahead and get into the film. But I just want to let our listeners know this is one of the only times that I super really recommend watching this movie before you listen to us talk about it because once the mystery of what's taking place is revealed, I think it loses its impact. I think part of the but fun is watching it. Yes, it held up. It does, but it's been like a year. Okay, so it, it does still hold I mean, up. I the storytelling, the storytelling medium is sound, but yes. half the fun is trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. And yeah, I agree with you, but for different reasons. Same, uh, same advice: watch the movie, then listen to us talk about it. Different reason. As someone who played a game which had this very same thing in it. I figured it out pretty quick. Yeah, Metal Gear stole everything from Pawnee. Whoa, 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 whoa! This was this concept was around for a while. Now, granted, this nineteen ninety five when the book was written. Yeah, I'm sure. Which maybe, <laughs> maybe around that time, but I'm just saying, like, there's this this concept has been around for. A while. We're not going to say it just yet, but yeah, this idea um, has been talked about in like these like like what if concepts before. You could probably tie it back to Night of the Creeps, to be honest. Ooh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Which all movies fucking ripped off yes. Night of the Creeps. Yeah. So take me there, John. How did you get to Night of the Creeps then? Well, lead, um, lead me down the trail. Yeah, I can't spoil it for all you. Right. So, all right. You get the point. No, Stop it this, now. Go find it. Yes, it's really it hard is. to find. It's on like iTunes, I think only. I don't think it's on Voodoo yeah, or I Amazon. It. I rented it on iTunes. So that's where we recommend grabbing there it. You go. Check it out. And we're going to continue on with spoilers in our description of it. In now. three, two, one, go, John. Oh, I fucking made it. No. <laughs> you did a good job. Thank you. Go me. Yeah. So the, the movie takes place. He pulls up to his new radio station and he's got his private parking spot, which is a piece of paper with his name printed out, stapled to like a little <laughs> piece of wood. I was like, ooh, classy. And then he goes inside and you can tell he's he's kind of like, all right, let's do this. You know, he's quote unquote professional in the small town. And then you get to meet his like little engineer and his showrunner. I don't know what their exact role well, the would main be. person's a producer, producer, yes. producer. kind of like the Robin to Howard Stern. Indeed. Yes. So. Very similar to that. And they do the early shift. So he's coming in at like four 30 in the morning to I relieve the night. Cause I was like, this is, 
It's oh, I thought it was outside. an overnight shift. So yeah, this is it was morning. Overnight too, but it is morning. Well, they start them. They start those guys pretty early. We're talking like four o'clock in the morning. They start. They, yeah, they start their because shift. she's like, don't forget to do the school closings oh, or whatever. Right. Which you get around five in the yep. morning at most places and stuff like that. For yeah. some reason, I thought this all happened in the dead of night. Knowing it happened in the morning kind of changes. Because well, that for first me. scene, it is pitch yeah. black when he's driving in. So I thought, oh, it's night shift too. And then there's all like, don't forget to do the like. Yep, that's really the, good the point. morning. The morning, and then also we've got our weather guy out there and it was like oh the this sky, is the morning show no, the sunshine it's, sky chopper. it's our man ken and the sunshine chopper yeah sunshine chopper um this guy has a can you, you hear that mark yeah can we're you on you? the chopper baby uh, uh, real, Garrett, what do you see out there real thing i was when she was like dude he's just in a car and there's sound effects i was like wait is that for real is that how they do this shit out there's there? so many random things they do in this movie there's a point later on where she talks about this character where i was just like we're just gonna throw this out okay well, no like my whole world is shattered I, i'm assuming that is how it actually happens in real life i don't think there's as many choppers out there as i'm being led wait to are you here to <laughs> really put the claim that there are no sunshine choppers out there uh i mean the sky some, is littered with helicopters. do you want to go on record right now some people <laughs> might have their own chopper but uh in retrospect probably not a radio station do you Almost think it's a prerequisite to basically be a weather guy like i got my chopper <laughs> i'll take it up and tell you what the weather looks like in traffic i'm coming in with a chop my own chopper well, i'm gonna tell you that in 2019 that there's probably no radio station <laughs> that owns its own chopper or has one leased out wow i can tell you as somebody who worked in the news industry yeah. that we would rent a chopper whenever there needed to be go aerial and we'd have our cameramen go up there and film. Did you ever get to go on the chopper? No, because oh. you know, I don't like going in things in the sky. Do you think he's going in a chopper? I forgot about that. And I this would... is, this is legit like door open, hanging out the side yeah. filming. This is like, this isn't like enclosed capsule. I'm sure you're strapped in. I'm sure you are too, but those things fail. <laughs> I would have jumped at the chance. And you would have jumped out. No, I mean, if let's add a parachute, I did jump out of a plane. We have talked about this, yes. so yeah. So anyway, anyway no, I never got tell the... us that story again, Daddy. No, that's why I said we've talked about this. Do not do that. <laughs> I've never had the privilege of going up in a chopper and doing any filming. Okay, uh, but yes, that, that they do exist, but it's not like I don't think most stations own their own like KZTV ten right. chopper. You know, though I do think that was a movies bigger... would have us believe that they do. I think maybe that back was... in the eighties and seventies. For... I was going to say I think that was a bigger deal in the nineties. I remember branded helicopters oh, in the nineties. All 90s. the time, See yeah, them all over the place. How many movies? have them in the air almost crashing into each other yeah. like <laughs> so i think i'm thinking chapters have fallen off but they maybe when they wrote this book that was still a real big deal oh i guarantee oh in the 90s for, yeah. for sure all right we cracked that code okay so yes this uh we get the sense that um uh dj mazzy he's he's kind of new kind of fresh to this scene did the dj mazzy in the mix <laughs> in the mix green lantern um, <laughs> i think him and his producer are still feeling each other out to a degree because he's coming in and he's trying to like jazz up his his um he's shock jocking it up yeah yeah he's trying to really give the pizzazz to his listeners because what he even says a great line he's like people listen when they're pissed off they tell their cousins and their brothers to tune in when they're angry but right. what are they doing they're listening and that is how we got fox news <laughs> <laughs> an origin story yeah yeah because that story comes on like they're basically doing the normal the normal boring stuff and he's all like i'm here in pawnee pool blah blah blah, blah. and then a code 48 comes across the the scanner because they have a, a police scanner and they're like nobody else has picked this story up there's some kind of hostage situation with an ice shed and so She's like, don't feed it to Mazzy yet, but the Iraq girl... Already did. 
already dead. And she's like, oops. And he's all like, the cops may be drunk. The guy driving the, the fishing thing may be drunk. There's a hot situation. Maybe the drunk cops are out there with the drunk people and ball, and like basically like kind of shock jocking it up. And then she comes in. She's like, those cops have are alcoholics and they're trying to keep their jobs. And we're a small town and you may have just fucked that up. And I can say, like, well, oh. he did a good deed. We don't need alcoholic cops out there. So <laughs> yeah, this is Sydney, the producer telling Mazzy this, like, you need to calm down, right. dude. Like this they just want to know if they're yeah. supposed to go to school or not. Like, yeah, you need to she's like, tone just it do down. The, the, the school closures. She asks about that school closures like 10 fucking times and he just ignores her every time. Oh yeah. He's, he's kind of being a real dick. And then yeah. she kind of like lays it out for him. And, uh, when she talks about the chopper, or not being real she's like look he's like oh the eye in the sky we'll take it back to you ken and um he's like oh it's looking pretty good and she comes in and she's like he's not a chopper he's on a hill and people know this but people like this is what this is what works here like this is our community like this is how we are and he's like he kind of sings and he's like oh yeah the dj and i had the exact same reaction of just other earth-shattering shock like <laughs> what <laughs> he's having a hard time acclimating to the speed of this town yeah that's for sure it's much yeah. slower than wherever he's from yeah so laurel ann she's the uh, i don't know what her role title is she's the one that's getting all the assistant. phone calls she's the assistant to the producer we will that's what we'll say assistant to the regional manager <laughs> yeah, yeah i was just thinking that uh, yeah, she overhears more of this story going on, and now all of a sudden there's like a um, a mob at a um, medical clinic run by Dr. Mendez, and they're having this information fed over them. Like you said, they're listening to the radio scanner. They're getting some eyewitness reports kind of call yeah. in and tell them and what's going on. It's hard to convey how the movie does this, though, because as the audience, you don't know anything more than they know, which is very little. So you're getting this really drip drop uh, information feed essentially in real time. Time, which I mean works tremendously because like, Laura lands like yo something's going on blah 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 should I send it in and she's like no don't send it in to Mazzy yet he'll he'll run off with this and then they get like, someone calls in and is like I'm watching this Ken is like I'm seeing this go down this building's being swarmed and she's like okay we've got eyewitness feed it to him like we're no longer basically shock chalk yeah. we're actually doing the news and so then they get ken on the line which now he knows is on a hill right. and that's where this movie his- i think really takes off it really gra- it had started to grab me but once ken gets on the phone ken do you see any police is anybody trying to restore order um down there Okay, Ken. Ken, get safe. Yeah, yeah, just just try to get out of there. The road is blocked. Uh, there's definitely fatalities here. Uh, down there, uh, people have just died, Graham. I, I don't know what the hell has just happened. Well, we're uh, we're gonna have to see if we can. Uh, Ken, would Ken? Are you there, Ken? There's Whoa. people like crowding this building. Oh my God, the side of the building just bust open. There's people pouring out. They're trampling each other. And so at this point, they're trying to figure out what's going on. They're like, well, we'll keep you posted. The BBC. This was super weird. And I guess they were maybe trying to lay the cover story already. That's how I read it. I, I, I couldn't tell if it was a cover story, if it was like them, the BBC trying to help them. 
Yeah, it was very weird because they kept being like, oh, we hear it's local insurgents. Tell us about the local insurgents. Yeah, your area has a history of like terrorist insurgents. And Mazzy's like, like, yeah, Mazzy's like, what? That's some bullshit. There's no, look, I'm here. No one's an insurgent. There's some crazy shit happening. It's not an insurgency. And then the BBC guy's like, well, I guess we don't know if it's an insurgency. Talk to you later. Yeah. He's like, is it true that they've roadblocked off the town and nobody can escape? And so this is giving our, our uh, characters also additional information <laughs> of how extreme this actually is. And they're like, uh, what? Well, we haven't left the station. We, haven't, we don't really have eyes out there other than our uh, kin in the uh, Sunnyside Chopper. You <laughs> yeah. Know? So they're like, oh, shit. Yeah, this they're might be gaining information, too, during this interview. Yeah. And I will say that as, as this, is, this is a pretty good representation of how a lot of the local news breaks for a news station. News, chan- news outlets do have what, access to what's called the AP, which is Associated Press. Mm-hmm. So all the national stuff comes in over the wire that way. But this local stuff, you're really just dependent on the cop scanners. And it's like, dude, some shit's going down. Drive out there right now. And then you're going like 80 miles down <laughs> trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. And then people call in and it's like, I think I saw a guy with a gun. You know, like yeah. it's, it, it is, it captures That's this chaotic. kind of scrambling of like, we got to get a beat on the details. But the one thing that they do is they go straight to the feed to tell everybody what's going on before they have all the facts. Yeah. Which is something that you don't do in the news industry. You get your story straight, and then as it breaks, make sure that you've checked your sources before this is. Well, some people do that. You'd hope that's, <laughs> You would yes. hope that's how it goes, right? But um, she does try. She does say, wait till we verify it, wait till we verify it. But the assistant was like, oops, I already did it. Well, at the beginning. And that's when, yeah. like, when Ken calls in, she's like, okay, we officially have an eyewitness. Send it to him. Like, we'll go live. We'll yeah. break this story because now we have a confirmation that this is happening. Right. You've had two only, sources tell you the same thing is yeah, happening. Then you're good to go. She only has Ken at that point. But because of the small town, they know Ken. She's like, he's reliable. Fucking let's run with it. And then that's the point where it comes in over the scanner. It's like, We've just been told to stay inside the the radio station. Yeah, like, there's shit's re- going down. I think they use the number like seventy five dead. Yeah, at some point, so people are dying out there. They still have no no idea what's going on. But I love that they break to do their normal scheduled uh, radio broadcast <laughs> with the Lawrence of Arabia music group. Yeah, just like some family dressed up like characters from Lawrence of Arabia, <laughs> so and they're singing over the oh, radio. And this was a time when evidently you could put your kids in blackface. Oh, it was because um, those two kids were in blackface, yeah. not like like minstrel show blackface, but like basically Arabed up. It's Canada, so you know they're still figuring it out up there. <laughs> I mean, I don't, but like we were watching, and I was like, "What is this weird family doing?" I was like, "I think," and then like my roommate was like, "They've got blackface on," and I was like, "Holy shit, they do!" And I was like, "You're on the radio. You don't have to do the visual part of it. <laughs> you didn't have to dress up at all." <laughs> yeah, no, but that's how dedicated to their craft they are. They're going kind of to be a bit up. of a dick about it, which he's is all he's, like, is totally justifiable. He's like, "There's some crazy shit going on, and you want me to let these family just come like, sing a song on the but radio?" From Sydney's perspective, it gives them a minute yes. to try and get shit organized. Absolutely, yeah. like, they needed a break to he, gather their thoughts and information. <laughs> and Laurel's just workhorse in it. Laurel Ann's just still like. Punching yeah. numbers over there and Whatever plugging and unplugging, doing. like you know, four, <laughs> six, three, two, nine. You know, it's just like she's going to town. And then the the girl, like they seen the song, and the little girl's like, I don't remember how this goes. Fa pa fa pa fa pa fa pa. And she starts doing this weird thing with her mouth, and they're like, the fuck is this? <laughs> and, and also like, during their whole performance of singing, she's not singing; she's just staring off into the yeah. distance. You're like, there's something wrong with her. Yep. Yeah, and she does that, and they're like, uh, we're sorry, we'll, we'll go. And he's like, okay, that was weird at this point. They go upstairs. And you assume they've left. Yeah, yeah, you assume they've left. 
But that little girl, he's like, that was fucking awkward. And so then they go back to more eye on the streets, like calling people of one dude calls in as like they just drug two people out of a car. And now they're like burrowing into them, which I was like, what is going on there? I think that was Ken because that's when they tell him to go hide. Oh, was that Ken? Yeah. 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 Ken calls back and he's like, I'm over here. I'm hiding and, and I don't know what's going on, but I'm going to try to get a closer look. And, yeah. and Mazzy's like, Ken. Don't, I wouldn't recommend that, Ken. Yeah. <laughs> There's some really good details in these parts, too, because, like, at one point he's like, Where are you, Ken? And she's like, Don't ask him that because if they, they don't know where he is, you right. just gave away his position. I was like, That's really smart. Like, that was a really, like, again, whoever wrote this had some really, like, information or did their research on, like, proper protocol. Yeah. Like I said, it's all pretty, pretty well mapped out. They yeah. did their research for sure. Ken, though, doesn't give a shit. He's like, I'm in the granary. <laughs> Later on, yeah, he's yeah. all like, I'm hiding in the granary. And it's like, well, there you go. Yeah, and it's during this broadcast where he's like, I'm seeing, I think they're cannibals. Their eyes are wild. And I'm going I'm to try to get a closer look. And then like a kid with no hands smashes yeah. into the granary. And this, again, this is all described. Ken, so Ken calls in, gives him like gra- the, uh, man in the, the sky view of what's happening, talks about possible cannibalism. He gets chased into this granary where a kid that they know, uh, somebody's son, they say a, a name. Well, earlier, cause remember in the, the granary, he just hears them. And that's when you find right. out he's like, he's like, they're all chanting something. They're all chanting the same thing. And then, yeah, this kid bursts into the granary and he's got no hands and he's like trying to, I guess, eat them. Um, and Ken, yeah, this is where the movie kind of like, that's when it lost me again. Really? I was, I was like, so hooked. I was like, I mean, I was still into it, but I was still like, I was, I was like, Oh wait, what, what are they doing? And then they change it up later on when the doctor yeah. comes in and explains it. But like, so yeah, the kid goes after. And I think what was so Ken. great is, and, and we talked about this in, uh, my, the, our, our it review is there's so much tension. I think I'm just hooked on good. T- you didn't know Ken's not a major character. At least we, you know, we don't know about it. Like, shit is he going to make it you could hear it in his voice it was realistically could have gone either way and i was just so engrossed i was rooting for ken oh yeah no i wouldn't like but then later on she drops a bombshell about ken that i was like holy shit i know we'll we'll talk about that in a minute but so the important thing to note here is whenever the kid busts through with no hands he's not trying to attack him anymore he's kind of immobilized but he he starts like you said bones yeah, he's all of his bones are broken, and he says, "I can hear him whispering something," and, and you can hear the sound getting louder as King gets closer. He's like, "He's looking at me. I think he can't move. I, I must have uh, broken some bones. I, I can see his eyes. He can't move. I, wait, wait. I think he's no. Hang on, Ken. Whatever you do, don't go near him." He's whispering something. He's he's saying something. I'm gonna gonna get closer and see if I can just hear what he's saying. No, I wouldn't do that, Ken. Uh, um, no, dude. Maybe, yeah. maybe don't do that. Ken's Ken. a gangster, yo. I was Team Ken till like. I hope he be- gets paid a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but he comes up to the kid, and you start hearing this baby sound. I'm gonna try that again. Uh, okay, listen, and, and keep in mind. Uh, uh, picture this. This is what you, you're about to hear is coming from Mary Galt's big teenage boy. He's, he's lying here in the dark with his body. It's, it's broken to pieces and his wrists, I, I can see them. They're stumps. They're not stumps. They're pointing up at his sides. No, Grant, what are we doing? Listen, 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 listen.
And I was like, that's weird. When he yeah. said that, that actually like got me. I was like, ooh, that's fucked up. I yeah. was like, okay, what the hell is going on? And this is about the time my wife walked out. She's like, that's weird. Yeah. This is making me uncomfortable. You know, if you were going to leave the movie, not a bad time because it does shift here in a little bit. That this, is like this the is a paranormal peak. activity trailer. People would have been jumping up and running <laughs> out of the theaters in yeah. a panic. That I think was yeah peak tension creepiness like of the movie. But that's the thing. It was creepy though. It wasn't like scary. But yeah, that was almost more like intense yeah. though. In my mind, I had envisioned this whole thing like oh, uh, yeah, Mark no, was no talking doubt. about. So I was pretty scared. I don't know if I was scared, but I was like It's super in, tense. Yeah. And, and I, well, think about it from there. Yeah. Think of this as this perspective of our characters. Put yourself in their feet. You're watching. Put yourself in their dirty cowboy hat. You're watching this potential society completely crumble around you. Mm-hmm. And you really are kind of cut off from the details you're getting third hand reports of it. Right. You know what I mean? And you're like, Oh, society is going to shit. Like this is happening. I don't even know if I can step outside and be safe. Like that is where it's scary. And I was with them. I was along with that on that journey with them, which uh, was awesome. Well, Sydney was like, cut the fucking feed. We're not going to listen to a guy get killed on air. Right. She's like, cut the call. And Mazzy's like, uh, Ken, uh, don't get closer. Uh, Ken, uh, uh, maybe you don't want to do that, Ken. And it was like, Holy shit. But yeah, well, she was like, we're not listening to someone get killed on air. That's when it sunk in, like, the reality for me. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is live broadcasting. Like, this is nuts. Yeah, if you can pretend that this is really happening, it's like, dude, can you imagine hearing this on the radio? Like, do you you listen to a second delay? Aren't you obligated to have well, a delay? You know, people would call into the uh, the love line and be like, "I want to fuck her," and they'd be like, "Oh shit!" And they'd like, you "That know, was a long time ago." I also, this I don't is know Canada. if they have the that was also sometimes they'd let those slip through on purpose. It's kind of well, like, "Oh, hey, yeah." I don't know if the radio because if they had the thirteen second delay, they would probably stop them from getting the station fined. You know, like yeah. when a shock jock lets something slip live, but it's I, out there. Also, do you know Canada's radio decency rules? No, I don't. Yes, me I don't claim so who to. knows? <laughs> as a resident Canadian expert on... No, I'm just kidding. As the movie portrayed oh. it, there did not seem to be a delay, though. Yeah, it didn't seem like it. Correct. Because everything was like, like, uh, this is now, this yeah. is there, this is... yeah. And I think as Ken is dying over the broadcast, or he, we think he's dying anyway, mm-hmm. uh, it really seems to affect Mazzy. He's like, what the... And he starts to wig out a little bit. And I was like, oh, I think something's happening to it's him. It's when it becomes like real, like... Yeah, he's like... Well, that's when he gets up and he's like, I'm going outside. I'm going to see what the hell is going on. And they're like, no, you've been told to stay inside. And he's like, nope. Yeah, Sydney's like, here. no, no, don't go out there. And he's like, are you fucking with yeah. me? Are you doing this to me? Like, is this a prank or some bullshit? And she's like, no, I don't know what's going on. He's like, this is a really fucking elaborate prank, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, And then so they go, he opens the front door and he looks outside and he's like, there's no one out here. There's no one out here. And then Laurel Ann, who is behind them following this, she says something like, they use the word sample in another thing, but like I'll use the word sample here. She's like, no, there's a sample, 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 simple, sample. And then she goes and grabs the door and she's like, there's an enemy out there and closes the door on them. And then that's when you start to hear like the people talking and chanting like towards the radio building and they run back downstairs and they realize that, okay, they're not... This is not a joke. This is like something serious, but they don't know exactly what's going on still. At this point, Laurel Ann, she's kind of catching herself up. She's like, wait, what? And she keeps repeating words or getting caught up in like the linguistics of like what she's saying. And she looks like she's spacing out. They're like, dude, what the hell? Right. She's become infected. 
Yes. And dun, you're dun, like, dun. okay, something's going on with her. Do you think the little girl from the Lawrence of Arabia musical got her infected? I think that's how they it got into the radio station. Yeah. 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 And then at this point, someone breaks through a window and climbs through and turns around. And he's like, no, no, don't shoot. It's it, it's me, Dr. Nick. Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Why would he go to the radio station? Well, it's Dr. Mendez. As mentioned earlier, one of the first initial reports was that a, 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 His a doctor's office. office was being raided by these people, mm-hmm. uh, swarmed by the uh, the rioters. He must have heard them on the radio. Yeah. Oh, I, I think yeah. Because okay. everyone listens to this radio station. They also have a speaker out in the streets that broadcasts the radio into the streets. I was like, that's annoying. Yeah, that feels illegal. Like, I don't think you're allowed to I do that. I think it was on for like public service announcements. Like, stay uh, off the streets. There's some shit yeah. popping off. But I think they only used it when it was like needed for a broadcasting system. Wait, did we talk about when they got that weird French message? Yeah. During one of the uh, broadcasting moments, Mazzy is completely cut off by a French like warning blast and then a language that I don't speak because <laughs> I don't speak French. <laughs> and then it cuts back off. It, like just cuts into their feed. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, wait, do they have permission to cut into our feed like that? What was that all about? And it says some weird shit and it was like, oh, don't use uh, affectionate language and don't change the baby's diapers. Like just some weird random nonsense. It was like, oh, don't translate this message. This just in, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting that uh, with the de- de- deciphering of that messages came in, says blah, blah, blah. Don't use terms of endearment yeah. and uh, don't translate this message. <laughs> uh, whoops. <laughs> it was like, okay, that 13 second delay would have come in real yeah. handy right then. Yeah. But you know, it's the fault of the people who sent that message. You lead with don't translate. <laughs> yes, this. Exactly. Don't bury the message. <laughs> Don't bury the lead, as they say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Mendez comes in. He's all like, no, no, hold on. Like, And then they, he notices Laurel Ann like, doing her weird little like trance talking. And he's like, okay, she's infected. Come with me. And they're like, we got a sound booth. He's like, perfect. No sound can get in or out. And so they like run into the sound booth, leaving Laurel Ann out in the, the open office yeah. area because no sound can come in or out of the booth. Mendez explains it. He just monologues the hell out of this. Yeah, the he's movie like, gets so weak here. This is like, I really enjoyed the explanation, but the way he delivered it, I was like, "Eh." well, Mendez is really manic. Uh, And I don't know if that was like a character choice or something like that. But yes, the way that they deliver what's happening at this point is a little sloppy. Yeah, I will agree with that. And that when he finds out, he's like, oh, she's infected. Like, he's way too into it. He's just kind of like, oh, this is cool. And I was like, calm down, Mendez. I, I thought he was evil. Like I thought he may have started this too. Yeah, like some kind of weird experiment gone started wrong. His place and it kind of got loose, man. But everyone was infected beforehand. Yeah. Well, what Mendez is doing is he's acting like a scientist because he says, like, "Oh, I've never seen one of the infected not be able to get a victim of four. Let's see what happens." Oh yeah. yeah. So they're he's sitting totally inside the sound booth by like what's going down. And Laurel Ann is just bashing her head over and over again into the sound booth trying to get to them. And you can see her like mumbling words and stuff. Is this the point where we want to say what's happening? Yes, because he's already explained why. Because okay. he's, yeah, like, he's like, okay, he's like rest, so, so straight up, here's what happens. Language is the infection point. Like words are what infects you. Like by saying certain words and understanding. And English words. Well, we find out later that it's English oh, words okay. only. But yes, he's like, he's like, basically the delivery system is language. The moment you understand a certain word, like let's say the word love is the infected word. The moment you understand what love means, you like comprehend what love is, boom, you're infected. And evidently at that point, you got to start zombifying it. You got to, you got to eat, destroy, whatever. 
Yeah. So language being the vehicle of the virus, not every single word in the English language is affected. It's only certain ones and they don't know which ones they are. And I think that's why they were saying on the radio broadcast, don't use terms of endearment. We think it might be one of those. Like, don't say these words. Um, <laughs> don't translate this now. Yeah. yeah. So I did not like this. this see, I concept. thought this was clever. Oh, really? I lo- so this yeah. is what uh, happens. So if you guys have a little bit, a little side tangent here, you guys talked about bullshit video games before. Let me jump into my favorite series of all time. Gunsmoke. One up, one up. <laughs> my favorite series of all times. Newsboy. Metal Gear Solid. Oh. So in every Metal Gear, usually there's like, you know, some way that, you know, the Metal Gear um, is going to basically destroy a nuclear weapon. It's a machine, blah, blah, blah. And Metal Gear 5, um, the everyone thinks it's the giant like mech and it's like oh no the metal gear like is the language language is infected and basically you have to like run around your base and find out who's infected and you find out that it is a specific language that is infected and that's how you and the concept is, is if you want to kill a society if you want to destroy a specific culture you kill their language because without a language, what is a culture? You know, language is what binds us, what propels us, what like creates us. It seems much and deeper so, than this movie. Oh, it's it's so deep. It's so good too in Metal Gear. But the difference five hundred million dollars will make. <laughs> yes, but the thing is, is like I love that concept that language as a as a vehicle as a tool for destruction. It's so unique. And this is not, like I said, this is a concept that's been talked about before through like scholars and like what if, you know, conspiracy theories and stuff like that. So it's not a new concept, but I think maybe Pawnee Pool is one of the first to kind of really like capitalize on that maybe. But yeah, holy shit. Yeah. I love this idea. I think that in terms of horror movies, it's unique in its own. Yeah. Like not a lot of movies have delved oh, yeah. into this delivery system of the zombification. And I want to say this is probably one of the, if, if not, probably one of the first to really use this as the um the crux the um the horror aspect of it so john now please explain your position on why you think this is cheesy i just couldn't buy it i couldn't buy into it just like from a i know it's a zombie movie suspend you know your your belief but how are you transmitting life through language i'm not into i can't i can't do it i couldn't make that jump with them but here's how good how much i like this movie it really did not detract that much from my enjoyment of the movie i was just like that's stupid i'm gonna box this up i'm gonna put it over (laughs) here and never think about it well in metal gear it's interesting because and i'm gonna keep talking about this just to kind of show a counterpoint of what this could have been um in metal gear the virus is already in your body but until you say a certain phrase in a certain yeah. order, like you say, like, I'm going to the store, your vocal cords, when you actually make those sounds in that order, that's what triggers the virus, which is um, in your like yeah. DNA, See, like, in your right. body. It triggers the virus to go live. So you're, it's all dormant until yeah. you say a certain thing. So how do you not get killed? You don't use English language, you know, in Metal right. Gear. So I think if they had fleshed this out more to that level of detail, it would have been way more impactful. But for the concept, I thought it was dope as hell. I think you're right, Garrett. It's, um, but they left it nebulous, right? They didn't over-explain too much of it. Other Which I than- think it's good because they could have rode themselves into a real weird corner if they had gone too deep yeah. into it. And who knows? Maybe it was a dormant virus in everybody and we just didn't know it yet. It would be weird that it would trigger <laughs> now, but yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I just needed a little bit more, but also I didn't care that much because I really like this movie. So that's why it's not a five out of five or 10 out of 10 for me because of that, that I part. I can see what you're saying, but, John. I can see what you're saying, but I think the fact that, you know, we've seen the same and, old thing so often. That's why, um, yeah. what was it? The girl who... The girl with all the gifts. Oh, yeah. great movie! Again, 
a very interesting way to deliver. Um, and say what you will about 28 days later, the science of it <laughs> aside, rage basically like activating the virus right. is, you know, the rage as the, the virus is like yeah. a really interesting concept. I like the concept. I love, a good, I love a good interesting concept. And I think this movie had a really solid one to use as its delivery system. So Mendez comes in and explains this. And he's yeah. like, but the execution right, was really poor. I think that's, I think that's the difference. I agree with you. Great concept, not great execution. That's where I would Indie land film, on it. I'm going to cut them a little yes. slack, but again, don't forget, I didn't super enjoy this movie because of things like that. Right. But that's why I, that also indie film, that's why I gave him slack and I still gave it a four, but, but that's my, my position on this. Not so great. Twist. I think we're all fair in our, our takes on this, but overall for a concept, it was refreshing. Yeah, I'll agree with that. It was refreshing not to see the same thing of like, it's blood, it's a bite, you know? It was like, whoa, fuck, it's words. And then later on, like, he's like, oh, this is crazy. And so Mendez at this point is watching Laurel Ann outside. He's like, okay, so this is the thing is she has to hear our voice. Like she has to, she doesn't have a victim yet because she hasn't latched on to a specific auditory like phrase or word. So we're going to see what happens. And so Laurel Ann starts losing it by repeating the words with the all the people who were infected are repeating and chanting and like saying the same thing over like sample, 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 um, simple, sample, sample. They're doing that to you find out to try to basically cure themselves. Well, I think the way it was presented is that when they are repeating the word, they're copying the virus into their mind. So they're building the, the infestation. Oh, you think it's building the infestation? Yeah. So when they're when they're cycling the word over and over and over again, it's building and building and building. Because someone it, was saying that, like, infected. by them trying to like talk and repeat, was them trying to like counteract it as an immune system. Let me read this to you. This is um, at a 2008 film festival. The director was on hand. The first thing he was clear to point out is they are not zombies. They are quote unquote conversationalists. Oh, I rolled my eyes. <laughs> um, he says there's three stages of disease. The first stage is you begin to repeat a word. Something gets stuck. And usually it's a word that are terms of endearment like sweetheart or honey. The second stage is your language becomes scrambled and you can't express yourself properly. The third stage, you become so distraught at the condition that the only way out of the situation you feel as an infected person is to try to chew your way through the mouth of another person. Chew your way through the mouth? That's what it says. So yeah, stage one is them repeating the word as it's copying and duplicating the infected disease. Well, then, oh, but oh, see, I kind of wish I didn't know that. I like the replication process. The yeah. replication process is interesting. They're stuck on the uh, the infected word. The chewing your way through a mouth, though, that's like, <laughs> that's someone like, ooh, what's gory and creepy? Like that, it's like, eh. Well, you're probably past the point of no return at that point. We could have we gone without step three, and I would have been completely on board. Gotcha. But that's still weird, though. Yeah. Yeah. So I really like it. Once the uh, Laurel Ann is, can't find the victim, she just barfs up blood and black. It's and really drops gross. dead. Yeah. And that's the end of her. So if you don't find your victim, this is your outcome, which means this wouldn't be that bad of a zombie uh, infection if you could just hide out for like, say, an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like, how long would this resolve itself, I wonder, before everybody or, you know, the affected point stops? And then could you, like, come back out and be like, okay, I guess I'm all right. Well, that it's hard to during know. the credits, they kind of debunked that whole concept. But yes, I agree. Cause like, he's like, Oh, like Mendez is like, Oh, I've never seen that before. I guess that's what happens if they don't find a victim. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, well, we do know in the credits that, you know, they lose. So yeah. Well, so it takes, I, I would say this is going to be a faster infestation than the normal zombie outbreak, but I feel like it would resolve itself 
faster. Once they yes. figure it out. Yeah, under yep. traditional standard zombies, they just wander around forever until seemingly they find another victim. But these zombies would die. They have True. A, they have a time, they have a shelf life. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it would die when everybody died. So there is an end to this yeah, zombie there's not infestation. A, there's not a Walking Dead season nine with this Ugh. sort of infection rate. And at this point, Mendez repeats a word. And you're like, oh, my, my dude might be a little bit uh, jacked up here. He's also bilingual. At we this point, Ken out. calls in. Ken calls in for the last time from the silo. And he's like, okay, they're outside. I hear him chanting. I hear him walking by. Blah, blah. And Mendez is like, don't talk to him. Like, be quiet. Ken gets killed. Well, he doesn't He doesn't exactly die. So this is what happens. He hears people chanting, like you said. They're That's talking he about U-boats. He's, like, he's like, there's something he's wrong like, with me. He's like, they keep talking about U-boats. Oh, and I was yeah, like, what yeah. are they, Nazis? Like, what is this U-boat business? And then he loses his speech. He yes. starts repeating a word on air, and he's like, he, and you can hear him struggling. Ken. Like, yeah, yeah, Ken is like, and then Mazzy's like, well, I guess that's it for Ken. So long, Ken, and your sunshine <laughs> chopper. Sydney, like, it's all sunken in. Sydney's like, oh, my God. Ken's gone. You know, this is someone she's known for years. And he's like, I'm really, and Mazzy's like, I'm really sorry about your friend, Ken. She's like, he wasn't a friend. In fact, he was a pedophile. And I was like, what? I know. <laughs> I was like, Which what is so shit? bizarre. And I, that doesn't and really goes, need and, to be there. And then she goes, yeah. oh, wait, he wasn't really a pedophile. We just wouldn't let our kids go over and play with him. And I was like, well, then why lead with it? If he wasn't a pedophile, but yeah. you were just like, he was a creepy dude, then okay, that's fair. But like, it was just a weird, like, it was fucked up because they made it was us a weird bombshell to kind of like make us like not feel bad for Ken. And I was right. like, what? but they, they had us on team Ken the whole movie just yes. to be like, oh, tricked you. As a director, I would have cut that out of the movie. Agreed. Like, that 100%. shouldn't have been there. But they even go so far as she goes, that wasn't a really good eulogy, was it? <laughs> it's like, no, you just. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you just fucking said he was a pedophile. And Basically, who knows? Maybe him. he was. But yeah. like, yeah, she was just like, oh, well. Or this is just a small town, judgmental, poor Ken. My man just wanted to be in the sunshine skycopter. <laughs> and now people think he's a pedophile. In my version of Pontypool. Ken is an okay guy. I agree. He never did nothing wrong. I mean, maybe he was like really creepy people like, hey, just mind your P's and Q's around him. Don't let your kids near him. That's fair. But the thing is, it's like, she talks to her. She's like, it's like, he wasn't my friend, but I've known him for 17 years. So yeah, it's no. like, we're close. And it I'm was fucking like, team Ken. If you, if you think this dude's a pedophile, you're not close. Yeah. Like, right. You probably also wouldn't be employees. They wouldn't be coworkers. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's why they happened, kept them on the hill <laughs> away from everyone. Hi, Ken up here on Pedophile Hill. <laughs> I am 500 feet away from any place. That <laughs> Regardless, this detracted from the movie and it should have been removed. It was such yes. a moment where it was just like, why did we need to go down this path? For it, no yeah, reason. It, it didn't add anything to the story. And Mendez, who arguably has been in this town too, was just kind of like, oh, that's interesting. It's like, you would probably know. If you're a doctor, you've probably like yeah. heard about this. So it's, a, it's around this time that they're like, should we be even speaking right now? And Mendez is like, probably not. This is probably a bad idea. And then they start writing notes to each other. And it's like, can they read lips? And he's like, I don't know. That's interesting. I yeah. don't know. We get a lot of, I, I don't, don't know. A lot of questions and very little answers. It's fine. Cause these characters would A lot of show know, and no tell. Yeah. yeah. And at this point, the crowds have busted into the radio station. Right. They've swarmed inside and they're like, I'm not sure what to do. And they're like, Hey, what if we put out a message over the speakers on the outside? Maybe they'll all think we're What if we there. throw our voices? Well, yeah, that, that was work. her first idea. And everyone was just like, that's the dumbest like, thing What are you, a fucking heard. ventriloquist? <laughs> I know. You know. Who can throw their voice? <laughs> I would love if it was all like, Debbie, she's a ventriloquist. She's like, hi, how's it going? <laughs> <laughs> well, turns out I know how to throw my voice. I've been doing it for years. 
But I don't know. I think the decision of what they said didn't quite make sense to me that it, they started looping over Does it there. mean anything? The the phrase was Sydney. Uh, hi, I'm Sydney Breyer and I'm alive. Well, originally they said SOS and they were like, yes, SOS works. And then they're like, no, wait, hold on. And then they said something, they wrote something else down and they're like, oh, that's the one. And then finally someone wrote Sydney Breyer's is alive. And at so this Mazzy point. So says it on the radio, they record it and loop it and they pump that outside and that gets all of is our zombies. Is that just gibberish though? I don't know. I, th- this is one of the points that I wish I had a little more details on. Like, why was that specific message needed? Yeah, I did not pick up like, oh, is that a, someone they had mentioned? Okay, so it seems like nobody did then. I think it might See, just be I gibberish. I thought this was like, like we got to get a message out. They're going to repeat whatever they hear. Whatever we say, we got to say something. But that was like, SOS is a good one then. Yeah. But then they changed the Sydney Briars Alive, I guess, to like let people outside who were like quarantining know that they're alive because she was the radio because everyone knows who Sydney is. They know she's on the radio. So I think they were just like, this is how we're going to call for help. This is also how we're going to get them away. I really think that their main detail was just to get them out of the station so they could get away. Perhaps it's a situation where the words that they chose were ineffected and the infected knew those were not infected words. So it lured them outside. I don't think they knew yeah. that though, because they, they still had no idea what words were infected. They didn't even know. But for the infected certain. do. Yeah, They're like, maybe. those are four words that aren't oh, fresh meat. Like maybe yeah. that's the sense. Because they said at one point we got to get a message out. Till we get a panel with the director, I guess we will never they know. They put Sydney. I almost said Sydney Prescott um, from Scream. Uh, Sydney, Briar. Sydney Briars is alive, and that shit is officially on loop for the remainder of the fucking movie. It is just nonstop. It is, oh God, that was the one thing I was like, this needs to stop right now. Like, this is way too many. Uh, like, it didn't bother me. I think I zoned it out. Don't ever have a child. The crying will drive you insane. <laughs> Not you a can't problem. have that repeating business. <laughs> um, so yeah, like you said, it seems now that Mendez is infected because he starts re- repeating an English word and then he starts speaking in French or another language and that's when the realization comes, oh, it's just English. Yeah, he's oh, like, oh, Eureka. Yeah. He's like, it's just English. And you're just like, everyone's like, oh, that's cool. And then they're like, parlez-vous français? And it's like, eh, <laughs> Yeah, Mazzy really. doesn't, doesn't know <laughs> French, really. So she's like, well, shit, here we go. And then... That's where this movie works, because it's in Ontario and Canada, where they do speak French. In America, everyone would be fucked. They'd be like... Oh, uh, the Spanish speakers would live. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there'd be some people, but most people would be totally screwed. <laughs> Yeah, you build right. that sound wall. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, at this point, the doctor is acting more and more erratic, and they're like, "We oh, think he's a fucking zombie guy. Maybe we should get the hell." <laughs> well, out he of knows. Here. He's like, he knows. Even Mendez is like, "Okay, I'm fucked." Oh, but wait, if I speak French, I'm okay, you guys. And they're like, "That's cool. We're gonna step outside." Because <laughs> Mendez knows. He's like, "I get it. Yeah. Go outside." And then he they lock they don't lock him in, but they close him in. And he knows full well, like, okay, I'm infected, I'm fucked, but I can still communicate. They go and hide out in a room for a while now, right? Yeah. And they run into one of the Lawrence of Arabia girls. Attacks them, and they kill this kid. Like, they full on, like, stomp this kid into nothing. And then they have an argument, because Sydney's like, well, you killed that kid. He's like, you killed that kid. Like he, And he finally gets it. He's like, oh, she can't handle it if like she killed that kid. Yeah. So he's like, yeah, I totally killed that kid. And I think the scuffle led the horde back in, right? Yeah. Because yes. now they're barred up inside of a room. Uh, Sydney's now just drinking away her, her worries. So what she's doing is she, for every sin that she has committed, she writes it on the wall and takes a shot of liquor. And then in a span of 
10 seconds, you've noticed the wall is completely written over. Like, yeah. I guess she's atoning for her sins before she dies. Because before she gets doing. drunk, when they, they run into that room to close it, um, Dr. Mendez gets out and they're like, oh shit, everybody's running towards us. Mendez slips in to the room and they close the door and then he t- says in French, lock it. So they're like, okay, cool. He's still like somewhat not crazy because he can speak in French, so he's okay. They lock the door they're all three in there and they're like, okay. And in French, they're like, okay, who's going to kill this guy? <laughs> who's going to kill Mendez? And Mendez realized I'm infected. The open window that he came through earlier is right there. So Mendez runs outside and starts speaking English to lure the zombie, the, the conversationalists right. <laughs> away from the building. And so he's like, oh my God, he just saved our lives. He just sacrificed himself to like help us out. That's when Sydney decides it's drinking time. And so she does her sins on the wall. It and is, by God, there's a lot of writing on that. Yeah, wall. she is. Is know, getting for, drunk, getting atoning for your sins, though? I don't think it's atoning. Uh, I think no, it was confession. The, I think that was what she was the doing. Confessing there. and then the drinking was for her. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it was like, if I'm going to have to run down this path, I'm not going to be sober. Exactly. They're both like just distraught. They don't know what to do. And then Mazzy gets the idea of like, how are we going to beat this? How do we beat this disease? Where is this happening in, in terms of like understanding yeah. speech? And this is where it gets a little heady. Yeah, the He's movie trying slows to break down, it down. Well, because the military is coming into this town. They're basically going to quarantine, right. a.k.a. kill anybody in this town who's infected. Yeah, and if it like, hasn't ha- started yet, very soon there'll be bombing sounds just throughout the whole movie, yeah, which and is it, cool. And there was, yeah. And so, but like he's sitting there trying to figure out, he's like, well, how do we do this? Did that BBC message from earlier that didn't make any sense, was that the cure? They were trying to help us. And I was like, wait, hold the fuck yeah, up. That was such a leap. It I, was a massive leap. It was like a gorge jump. And I was <laughs> like, dude. And so she's Sydney's there drunk going like, you know, speaking French and then she'll bust in some English. He's like, dude, you got to stop talking English. Like you're going to get infected if you don't shut the fuck up. And then he finally is like, wait a minute, you get infected by understanding the infected word. How do you not understand a word? And then they do this whole hop, skip and a jump kind of like justification of how to cure it. Yeah, it's it's in the span of like two minutes of them looking face to face and because and Sydney gets infected. Right. Yes. And she starts repeating a word, kill, 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 kill. And he's like, oh shit, it's happening. He's like, kill isn't kill. Kill isn't kill. Kill is the sky. Kiss. Kill is yeah. blue. Kill is uh, the dirt. He's just, kill is kiss. Kill is kiss. And like they repeat this over and over and over again. And it's basically what we're sp- supposed to understand is they're changing the meaning of a word in the brain. I don't think you can make that jump. Because no. if, if you understand, well, the thing is, he said, you got to keep it simple like a baby. You got to keep it like real baby talk and you got to keep it to real like simplistic terms. And so, yeah, it's once a word doesn't mean what it means anymore, you would still know. I don't think yeah. you can overwrite the meaning of a word in your mind. Well, yeah. what I think they were going for, and he even mentioned it, is like, you ever like written a, a word and been like, is that right? Is that the word? Does that exist? You say something so many times it starts to lose its its meaning because you start, right. to, start to second guess and like... Like a real common not- word. So it, it is possible. I just don't... The movie didn't do a good job of taking us along with their giant leaps of logic but in the last Mark's, five minutes. But to Mark's point, though, like to confuse a word is one thing, but it doesn't change the the meaning of it. Like you, you can be like, right, like, OK, I feel like I don't know if I don't know if kiss is spelled that way. I don't know if kiss is this. But the thing is, kiss will always mean kiss. 
Right. Yeah. In your brain, you can wink at yourself and be like, this isn't kill. <laughs> wink, wink, wink. It's kiss. Get it? Unless your brain you is basically. You still know it's kill. Yeah, I agree. I hate this twist. I don't even <laughs> so. I think I they're saying it's like your brain reverts to such basic format that like, you know, like it's like, oh, as a kid, you could probably convince a kid like, oh, no, kill means kiss. Kill means yeah. kiss. And they're going to believe that because well, yeah, they don't know as a but kid. But the thing is, is, once you regain your faculties, you be like, oh, that was bullshit. This yeah. would take <laughs> such a degree of reconditioning of your mind. It would be a span of like years. But maybe it works because Sydney is tanked and drunk maybe people drunk. are not exactly the brightest well, I think you'd be like, fuck you, kills kill you, dummy. <laughs> but maybe it degenerates the mind to the point where like you could easily trick them in that. But that means you'd have yeah. to reteach I language. The f- but the thing is, by reteaching language, then the word kiss becomes infected because that is what kill I know is we're, now. We're sitting here trying to justify the movie's ending. And, right. And That's I, how you know yeah, it's, it's weak. It's, it's a weak ending, yes. Which but is a right. shame because all the lead up to this twist is so solid. And agreed. Then it's like, agreed. The concept is so great that basically they have it was like, Eureka! And it was like, no, yeah. you didn't. You didn't cure cancer here, bro. <laughs> it's like you you made a snake oil. And so they're for the last stand. They go back to the sound booth and they're like, we got to tell everybody, change the words. And he just starts. Well, because Sydney's like, what's the fucking point? And he's like, do you want to die here on your ass well, we or do you want to like? When she she does believe kill is kiss and that cures her. That's uh, an important right. She's thing better too. Now. Yeah, she gets out of it. They kiss and she's suddenly amazing. Like I guess the the like true love's true kiss. Yeah. Well, I think like the point is it's maybe if they do the action mm. they believe no. it no fuck it doesn't matter no. point is moving yes. on let's, let's last stop stand. trying to justify it and move to the end here so they go back to the radio room and he's just saying hey everybody blue is gray and just yellow yeah, and she's helping him out she's like simpler more basic you know yeah, don't it's like a so mad libs in, or something you know and just don't tell the them that you know like hey kiss doesn't mean this because if you heard this gibberish on the radio you wouldn't know what the fuck they were talking about. No, I'd about. be like, did I switch to AM? What's going on here? <laughs> They're infected. They're not like, oh, change the channel. Change the channel, Dave. You know, I, know. Like- I, I, I appreciate that Mazzy's trying to do something, right. but what you're doing is not well, going to he fix thinks it. He's, he thinks he's found the cure, and clearly yeah. it sort of worked. In this one instance. Exactly. So he's like, well... We're going to give it a shot because that's all we got left. Because at this point, you hear the, the, the guns bombs, firing, yeah. the bombs. So they're basically wiping this town off the map. They're, they're, resi- they're raccoon city in this place. Yeah, definitely. And it's like my favorite part of the movie. Like he gives this rousing gibberish speech. And then it's He's like all blue, yeah. green, purple, mustache. And the thing is, at some point now, maybe you guys can explain this. At some point, the French voiceover or the military comes on and is all like, Y'all need to shut him up. He is spreading the infection by saying this. And I'm like, wait, what? Like, yeah, cause, maybe because he's speaking English. I don't know. Because like, yeah, they come on and they're I think like, it was just the like, we need to stop the English. Yeah. Stop the English right now. So he gives this doing. rousing okay. gibberish speech and it cuts away air like, zooms out and it's quiet for like one second. And then the bombs just cut back in and they're like, oh, totally failed. Well, then you hear, then you hear, <laughs> attention, five. Four, three, like they're dropping the bomb. Yeah, it's incredible because it, it, they play it up like this is going to work and it's like, you know, rousing and then it just, nothing. It did and not affect anything. And she runs in and she's like, we gave it our best shot. And then it was like, boom, cut to credits. Well, they kiss. Oh, they, they kiss. Yeah. They kill each other. 
if yes. you will. Ooh. <laughs> and then, um, then we get a lot of radio broadcasts. Which I love. Over the credits. Oh, I can't. I love when movies do this. Except I wish it every raised movie. so many more questions, though. Really? I was like, I, okay. So it failed. They failed. And the army couldn't stop it. And it is spreading across Ontario. Yeah, it's spreading because it was like, like, well, the town of Pontypool has been quarantined. No one's going to talk about the Valentine's Day massacre yeah, there. Yeah, that's what they call it. And they're like, you know, no one's allowed to talk about this. And then it's all like the the small town of Manitoba, whatever, you yeah. know, recently had something. But they said it's not like the Pontypool thing. And then it's like and then they said in the small town of Ontario. And I was like, I'm sorry. Ontario is huge. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I don't know where you guys are getting small town from. But it's sort of spreading its way. And then the weirdest fucking scene happens, man. Mark, tell us about this weird scene. Yeah. What the mm-hmm. hell was this all about? <laughs> in my movie, this doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't work. Um, we've get a, a noir, a noir black and white shot of Mazzy in a suit and tie with a gun. And um, Sydney's dressed up like an, an Asian. Does he have an eye garb. patch on? I don't know if he had an eye patch. No. I can't remember. I, it was just so weird. Regardless, anyway, it seems like a scene from another play. From Kill Bill. Like one of the That's weird, what I yeah. said. One of the I was weird thinking Tarantino. Sin City or something. Yeah, like. like Sin City and Kill Bill like mixed together. But it's like this weird like pointless like Tarantino-esque thing that's going on. It's all like... Mama Kilbird, what do you want to do? She's like, revenge for the sweet nectar, something like that. Like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? (laughs) What was that? Okay, I'm glad someone else picked up Kill Bill, because that's what I got, too. Yeah. I think what the director is trying to portray with that scene is that our characters survived, and they've managed to change the speech and understanding to such a degree that it's a totally different film. No, I'm not buying it. I hated it. I think it. that's exactly what it is. I'm glad they put it at the end of the credits so I can pretend it didn't happen. I wondered if this is what they were seeing and hearing in their head when they were infected. But there's no reference point yeah. for that. This this clearly was something like I thought this was like a fun little thing they did on set just for fun. And they're like, let's put it after the credits. Yeah, I thought it the was, thing is it goes right into it at the moment yeah. the credits are still playing audio of this infection. I was like, oh, now I like your idea, Mark, of maybe they've changed language so much that this is how they have to talk to get by. But then why do they need to basically dress like Bond <laughs> villains and then be like, Mother Henbird, let's go get a nectarine. You're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And it's filmed in like this black and white that slowly becomes color and he's all like, let's go. And then cocks his gun or something. I was like, what is going on here? It was very weak. Yeah, I think I read Did somewhere. Did the director talked about this? Um, I didn't see anything direct, but the internet has theorized that they're surviving the um, language apocalypse, in quotes, by improvisational role play. That's boo. <laughs> anyway. Boo this man. <laughs> the movie works better without the ending. Yes. The movie works better without making Ken a pedophile. Yeah, I will say, I really did like this. Obviously, I gave it four out of five. Um, I, this might have been a better short film than a feature-length film. There you go. I didn't have a problem with the length. No, I don't think it felt long. No, no, it didn't I think feel it felt long. thin, though. I think that the uh, sometimes concepts are better as shorter ideas. Like if there was like more like interaction conflict or fleshing out of what was really going on. Now I like the fact that he had to try to figure it out. Now, granted, how he figured it out was yeah. Wolf, but you know, like I loved the concept that they were trying to do this. But the thing is, it was it was weak sauce when they did. You know, and they kept dropping these random bombshells on us. That was just like, what was the point of that? Like, why did we need this? Like, you spent, like you said, you spent the entire (laughs) fucking movie making us care for Ken just to be like, don't care for Ken. 
Yeah. You know, Lisa Ann's a war vet. Yeah, I thought her coming back from the Iraq war was going to in any way at all shape her character or actions, except for the fact that she said, ma'am. She was like a non-entity, which is Well, I thought that's how she knew how to read lips. Oh, maybe. But then I was like, do you learn that yeah, in the military? Do you learn how to read lips? I was I don't like, know. I don't think that's something you do. It's basic training. Well, this one is sitting at an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes with the uh, critics. That's 86 total. The audience is at a 68 with 7,487. Hmm. I told you guys I would read you the back of the box once we were done. So let me do that now. I feel like those scores are pretty accurate. I feel like people are going to get, I feel like critics are going to be like, well, did you, you get it? I don't know what, I, I guarantee there's some critic out there who's like, well, actually that after the credit scene symbolizes. Like, of course. Oh, yeah. All right. Here's the back of the DVD. Shock jock Grant Mazzy has been kicked off the airways and now works at a small town morning show. Another mundane day on the job quickly turns deadly when reports pile in of people developing strange speech patterns and invoking brutal acts of violence. Before long, Mazzy discovers that the behavior is actually a deadly virus being spread through language. Does he stay on the air in hopes of being rescued? Is he providing the virus with its ultimate leap over the airwaves and into the world? That's how it ends. And I think that box gives out way too much. Yeah. Well, you don't even need to watch the movie. Here's the iTunes one that like was on when we read it. It was like, from Bruce McDonald among Can- Canada's most distinctive filmmakers, Shock Jock Grant has once again been kicked off big city airwaves. So now it's an early shift at CLSY Radio, broadcasting from the basement of the only church in Tiny Pontypool. A day that begins with a litany. Yeah, where is this information coming She's, from? She says it's the church at one point in the movie. Yeah. A day that begins with a litany of school closings due to a massive storm quickly turns deadly. Bizarre reports come in, people speaking in tongues, horrendous acts of violence, but there's nothing on the news wires. Numerous critics have described Pontypool as a thinking person zombie flick, of course. <laughs> I would also add riveting and wonderfully weird, unquestionably the most original horror idea of the past year, perhaps the past several years, Uncle Creepy of Dread Central said. The notion that we are all being driven mad by incessant verbal deluge makes nasty comic sense. Holden from the New York Times. From that should have been removed. Films. Yep. That's given away. Too. I was up long. with it. Jeez. I was up with yeah. it until they started getting into the the, the comments. From yeah. There. Yeah. It, that's actually not a bad description if you take yeah. off the comments. Correct. That's a good intro, I think. Yeah. But yeah, back of the box just completely goes like, it's a virus in the language. Don't like, okay, dude, come get it on. together. DVD box writer from director M night Shyamalan comes a story about a guy who's been dead the whole time. <laughs> You're like, Oh boy, here we go. Well, I might want to think, take that one a little bit longer. You know what? They lit, they missed a great opportunity to use unspeakable cause they can't talk. God damn it. You're right. <laughs> Fuck. These. This is the unspeakable terror I've been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> I just got that. Oh, that was good. Damn, Thank you. John. I should be writing these boxes. Yes, dude, man. Kudos to you. No way. He's like, because it's no Leprechaun 3. That's like what all the back of the boxes will say. All right. Well, any other things to say about this movie? I recommend it. It sounds like you guys might recommend it to a degree. Oh, I completely recommend it. I'm going to take a small side note here and say, while I personally wouldn't recommend this over some other films, it's a very interesting concept and I would recommend putting it on your list at some point. But I gotta say, talking about these movies with you guys, I tend to enjoy them more once I've had a chance to discuss them with you. Like for instance, Hereditary, still don't dig Hereditary, but being able to discuss it, it was like, oh, I get it, okay, that's cool. Pawnee Pool, 
really was not a fan after I watched it. I was like, well, that just happened, I guess. Interesting concept, but okay. But talking about it, I'm like, okay, all right. I it's I don't know, it sits better. I, I wonder how different this would be if we went and saw these movies together or we watched them together as we could discuss them yeah. as we watched them, as opposed to separate and then bringing them to the table like as a like this is my experience i think it works the way we're doing it but i'm just saying it's interesting how being part of a a social construct of watching these films can impact and almost adjust what you see and do with them watching movies is better as a communal experience because you get to see other things that you might not think of during your viewing time or different yeah. perspectives. I mean, arguably, almost all creative art is, right? Before yeah. movies, people had book clubs. Yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. But and I'm maybe saying. if we weren't doing this podcast and we went and watched a movie, we'd walk out of the theater and go, can you believe that one bit? Okay, later, bro. Yeah. And then we just, that's how it would end. So I don't know. I think discussing these ideas are, are, is healthy. It's Agreed. good. And yes, it's something you may be very cold on. You might warm up a little bit more once you understand like, oh, this guy took this away from it. Oh, there's been a couple movies where I've like, like coming in, I was like, I did not like it. And then after discussing it, okay, I get it. All right. I'm still not a fan of blank, but I'd recommend this, but on a further down on the list. Yeah. And listeners, if you enjoy listening to us talk about it, we encourage you to watch these movies with your friends and talk about it too, because you'll gain a lot more appreciation for stuff that you might not otherwise. Or talk with us, email, Twitter, Instagram. As John likes to say, slap that like button. Yeah. Smash that like button. I don't know what you say. I don't, I don't think I say either of those, but I you will say it. You said slap that like button or something like that. Smash the like Smash, button. The yes. Button. Yeah. Well, you got to, man. Um, yeah. That's what all the kids say. Yes. I got to be, got to be down with the kids. Yeah. This is, this is pretty late in the episode, but it's a good PSA. Do like our, our stuff. If you, if you enjoy what we do, like it, rate it. Um, that's like, comment, that really, subscribe. That really does help us like get exposure and, you know, maybe we can actually get that, uh, that Alamo draft house chicken strip, uh, partnership we've been working so hard for with honey mustard sauce of course bro and queso get a little both set your sights as high as the chicken will take you (laughs) i think i'm getting some chicken after this good idea well thanks for joining us and i'll see you next time we we will see you next time (laughs) not just me